0: My message title today is, Are You The One? Turn to the person next to you and say, Are You The One? It's not, Are You The One? It's not, Are You The One? Okay, if you are sitting next to somebody and you're praying for a life partner, don't turn to them and say, Are You The One? You know, Ani and Shan can do that. They only Ani and Shan have permission to do that. Okay, anybody else come and speak to me after the service. Okay, come and speak to me. But it's not, are you the one? It's are you the one? Are you the one? What I'm trying to get is we know the story of Luke 17. There were 10 lepers. There were 10 lepers and I'm gonna go through that in in a moment. There were 10 lepers, 10 of them received their healing. Only one came back. And this afternoon I wanna ask you, are you that one person? Are you the one, irrespective of whatever happens in life, you are that one to say, God, no matter what, I thank you. I worship you. I'm grateful for what you're doing. We see in the life of Job, we see in the life of of, of Daniel, we see in the life of Job, though you slay me, I will trust you, Lord no matter what comes on me i will trust you lord in every step of my life i will thank you you know and 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 thanksgiving as as i'm just going to i'm just going to drive this in throughout this to, throughout this month because it's so important for each one of us to allow it to settle into our hearts the importance of being grateful the importance of gratitude let me say this gratitude unlocks the door to a lot of our breakthroughs and our victories. You know, there are so many things. The Bible says that God has equipped us with every good gift. God has equipped us with everything for life. And one of the things that we've been equipped with, one of the things that we've been equipped with is the ability to thank God in all things is to thank God in all things. God has given us many ways, you know, to, to be able to receive breakthrough, to be able to, for, for us to see victory. And one of the greatest ways is to be thankful. One of the keys that unlocks the doors to your breakthrough, to your blessing, to your victory is thankfulness. Thankfulness. You know, thanksgiving is the act of expressing specific gratitude to God for the blessing God has given us. Thanksgiving is the act of expressing specific gratitude to God for the blessings God has given us. Whether those things are physical, whether it's spiritual, or whether it's material. And as we grow as believers, we should see an attitude of thanksgiving developing in our lives. A relationship with Jesus Christ should transform us into a joyful, positive, and grateful soul. Have you ever thought that have you ever thought of it or seen it this way? I have a relationship with Jesus, but I'm the most negative person to be around. It does not go hand in hand. Jesus is not negative everything that you desire in life and so much more which is blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing comes from him and him alone there can never be anything negative and so it doesn't go hand in hand you know i have a relationship with jesus but i don't like to be with i don't like to be with people i don't like uh, I, i'm not I'm, I, I, I'm not happy with with what i have with the things no it doesn't go hand in hand A relationship with Jesus should transform us into joyful, positive, and grateful people. You know, one sign that Jesus is living in your heart, one sign that Jesus dwells on the inside of you is gratitude, is gratitude. Someone once said that God lives in two places. He lives in heaven and in a humble, grateful heart. He lives in heaven and in a humble, grateful heart. And as believers, we should make a concerted effort each and every day, not just one day of the year to appreciate all the blessings that God has given us. Our lives should be filled day to day with the spirit of thanksgiving. You know Psalm 92 verses one to two says, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name. O most high to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Day and night, the verses say, we are to praise and thank God. The Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, that our lives are to abound in thanksgiving. Colossians 4.2 says that we are to be devoted to giving thanks. Philippians 4.6 says that we are to do everything with prayer and thanksgiving. Psalm 116, we read that we are to make our lives a thanksgiving offering before the Lord. The book of Hebrews says that we are to serve the Lord with thanksgiving. You know, many of us, we feel that I don't have the gift of singing, or playing an instrument. I don't have the gift, I don't have the gift that, like, like Fabian, like James, like Anud, like... Like Shubika, like a whole bunch of people on this worship team. I don't have the gift that they have. Maybe I'm not important, maybe I'm not good enough. No, no, no. In Hebrews, it says, serve the Lord with thanksgiving. And you need to be you need to understand that every person who's a believer in Christ who's a follower of Jesus who's a son and who's a son and daughter of the kingdom every single person has been given a gift it might not be to sing or to to play an instrument but one thing i want to say this uh, one thing i want to say to you is whatever gift you've been giving oh sorry whatever gift you've been given whatever gift you've been given it is to edify and transform and and it is firstly to glorify God, but secondly, it is to edify, transform, and bring encouragement through and bring encouragement to the body of Christ. Whatever gift you've been given, it is firstly to glorify God, and secondly to edify, to encourage, and to transform and be an encouragement to the body of Christ. There is no small gift. Picking up, picking up something, you know, that's fallen down that you identify ahead of somebody else is a gift. It's called the gift of hospitality. And it says in Hebrews, serve the Lord with thanksgiving. Whatever, you know, the problem within churches are that people want to go, every person, a lot of, not every person, a lot of people want to go after the, the platform gifts. A lot of people want to go after the gifts where they're seen. What we read in the Bible, okay, what we, we, we read, and just paraphrasing what is mentioned in Scripture, what is not seen by man is seen by? What is not seen by man is seen by God. And sometimes the painful thing for me is this. The painful thing for me is this. that people uh, people identify and understand that what they've been given is important. But they understand it, they identify it a bit too late. And that's what pains me. That's That's what upsets me. Because in every person there's potential. Every person is called to be a leader of some sort. Every person has been given something by God. And when you don't realize it, a whole bunch of other people are missing out on what you have to offer. A whole bunch of other people are missing out on their blessing because of you. You are the key to a lot of people's blessing. And some of you don't even know that. But this afternoon, I want to encourage you. Whatever gift you've been given, serve the Lord with thanksgiving. You know, the sad truth is that most of us aren't grateful people. A lot of us. When it comes to having a spirit of thanksgiving, we fall short. We are much better at grumbling and complaining than we are at giving thanks. Despite the blessings, despite all the blessings, despite all the blessings, sometimes you are anything but thankful. We are often like the nine lepers in Luke 17. You know, there we read of, 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 of these 10 lepers who stood at a distance and they cried out to Jesus as he was traveling along the border of Samaria and Galilee. The disease-ridden lepers cried out, Jesus, Master, Have pity on us. Now, let me say this lepers were considered the worst of the worst. They were not allowed to come into the town, into the city. They had to be outside. They had to remain outside. And only when the priests saw that they were good enough and were clean, which was highly impossible, were they allowed to come in. They were wiped away. They were written off. They were written off. They couldn't come into society. And over here, these 10 lepers cried, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And Jesus heard the lepers and said to them promptly, it's amazing how Jesus works. It's not that Jesus healed them and said, go into the city. No, no. Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. Because he is above every other priest. He's the high priest. He said, Go and show yourself to the priest. Go and show yourself to the priest. And it says, as they were on their way, they were healed. You know, Luke 17, 14 to 16 says, and as the lepers went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And in verses 17 to 18, Jesus said to this one leper, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? You know, Jesus' emotional response to the ingratitude of the nine lepers gives us a glimpse into the heart of God. Jesus was disappointed that only one person cared enough to express his gratitude. You know, William Barclay, very well-known uh, um, well uh, commentator of, of the Bible, he writes, No story in all the Gospels so poignantly shows man's ingratitude like the lepers in Luke 17. The lepers came to Jesus with a desperate longing. He cured them and nine never came back to give thanks. He says, so often, once a man has got what he wants, he never comes back. So often, once a man has got what he wants, he never comes back. Don't get me wrong when I say this, but at times, doesn't this look like us? Doesn't this look like us? We take God's goodness for granted, knowing that surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. But we take God's goodness for granted. We receive great blessings, yet often we don't give God our gratitude. Psalm 103, verse 2 says, Blessed be the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his blessings. Blessed be the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his blessings. But in most cases, we forget the blessings of God, and we never return to say thanks. Now, I don't really know the specific reasons. I don't really know what reasons cause you and me to be ungrateful. It could be a combination of many things pride, affluence, habit, or circumstances. But whatever the case, whatever the case, I think we all wish we could learn to be more thankful and develop a spirit of thanksgiving in our lives. And so this afternoon, I just want to share very quickly with you four steps to having an attitude of gratitude. The first thing is gratitude pleases God. Gratitude pleases God. 2 Chronicles 5, verse 13 to 14 it says, They raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. You know, God's presence, it's amazing, you know, when you look at this verse, when you look at these verses. God's presence came to the temple in response to the thanksgiving that was coming out of it. What it tells me, and what it should tell all of us, in a difficult situation, if you want God's presence, if you want to feel God's presence a lot more during that time and in that space, all you need to do is start thanking God. All you need to do, somebody say an amen. All you need to do is start thanking God. God's presence came to the temple in response to the thanksgiving that was coming out of it. God loved to hear the praise from the temple and so he drew near. God loved to hear the praise from the temple and so he drew near. It appears that thanksgiving and praise are the key It appears that thanksgiving and praise are the key to manifesting the presence of God because it pleases Him. Gratitude pleases God. The second thing, stop complaining. Stop complaining. Complaining and grumbling are the biggest barriers to gratitude. And we need to learn to catch ourselves when we complain and stop it right away. Numbers 11 verse 1 says, this is acting funny. No, that's not what Numbers 11 says, okay. Numbers 11 says, they complained about their hardships and when God heard it, his anger was aroused. We need to avoid complaining like the plague because God hates it and it ruins our spiritual lives. When we when we complain and we grumble, it's not doing any good for us. Hello? It's getting us even more depressed. It gets us even more angry, even more frustrated, and even more disappointed. You know, last Thursday I was driving. I think I had my brother-in-law with me in the car. I was driving and it's amazing how, you know, uh, You get tested at times, especially after preaching a sermon. I told everybody, when you walk out from here, thank God. I kid you not. I was driving in the evening, and man, there were people trying to cut me from all sides. And I was getting so angry. I'm like, no, no, thank you, God. My brother-in-law is my witness. And he started laughing in the car. I was like, thank you, God. Thank you. I'm not gonna get angry, thank you, God. Thank you for that foolish person on the road. He doesn't auto drive, but Lord, I thank you for him. I pray that he will learn. It was crazy, you know, I went home from church, I was going from church for, after that I was going in the evening for a match, to watch a cricket match, and all these people wanted to just cross me. It's like everybody wanted to say hi closely, you know, and it's, 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 it's frustrating. And then I realized that, you know, I need to be a man of my word. And throughout, you know, not that, I'm not, very, not, not that I'm not a thankful person, but I realized one thing during the week. You know, my week started off being very thankful. I, as I said, you know, I, go to, I wake up saying, thank you, God. I go to sleep saying, thank you, God. But I was trying to cultivate a habit throughout the day to thank God. And the more I was doing that, the more happy I felt. But other days of the week, I'm not talking about three weeks. I'm talking about this last week. Other days of the week when... I missed out on doing the practice that I was doing over two days or three days, I got, I felt even more frustrated. And I had to remind myself, no, 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 I've seen the pattern. I'm not going to give in to this. I'm going to get back. I'm going to go back. It's very important that when you know and you've tasted the goodness of God, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And all of us have tasted the goodness of God. It's very important that even in a difficult time, even in a difficult time when things might not be the best, you go back to what you're familiar with. You go back to those things that gave you strength. You go back, what did David do? What did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged. He didn't say, I'm a bad person. I'm the worst person on the the face of the earth. God, you created rubbish. No, 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 no. I will dance, I will sing, to be mad for my king. Nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. I will dance, I will sing, to be mad for my king. Nothing... And I'll become even more. Some may say it's foolishness, but I'll become even more. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Stop complaining, it's not gonna get you anywhere start praising God it says in Psalm 77 verse 3 I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed Bob Russell writes I really believe the most important step in developing inner peace is to quit complaining and start praising It's to quit complaining and start praising Paul wrote in Philippians 2 verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. My second last point is choose to rejoice. Choose to rejoice. It may be difficult to be thankful at certain times. But we need to make a personal decision that we're going to be grateful people even when we don't feel like it or when it's hard. We need to make a choice to rejoice. The Apostle Paul wrote these words from prison. Rejoice! Rejoice! And again I say rejoice. Notice that Paul says rejoice twice. He made a personal choice to be grateful despite his circumstances. He decided that even though he was in prison, it didn't matter. It was not the best place to be in, but it didn't matter. He was going to praise God anyway. And it transformed his perspective. You and I can draw out so much of encouragement. You you and I can draw out so much of encouragement and be lifted up in our spirits today. Because Paul did not give in. He chose to be grateful. He chose to say rejoice, which is, why, which is what led him to have a shift in perspective, to write, the, to write a lot of the books, most of it in the New Testament, so that you and I can draw encouragement from it. You and I can draw encouragement from it. You know, doctors Minerth and Meyer, they have a book titled Happiness is a Choice. But I would like to add to that, that gratitude is also a choice. Gratitude is also a choice. We have to make a conscious decision that we're gonna be grateful despite the circumstances of our life. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all things, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, for you. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. You know, it's amazing. You know, we have, to be, we have to be really mindful. We have to be really mindful of the things that God's doing in our lives. I know some of us have got it a lot harder than someone else. But nonetheless, at all times, we can be grateful. We can be thankful. Don't let circumstances get the better of you. You take authority over those circumstances and give thanks to God. Because when you take over, when you take authority over the circumstance, when you take authority and you stand up and say, I'm not going to allow this to get to me, but I am above this. I am over and above this because my God is greater. My God is stronger. My God will see me through. You shut down every plan of the enemy and it allows you to see your breakthrough and your victory ahead of time. That's why it says, give thanks in all circumstances because everything is ordained by God. The steps of the righteous are ordained by God. Everything for you is taken care of by God. All you need to do is, is and it's hard. It's hard, especially when you're on the thick of the situation. But nonetheless, you be bigger than the situation. You take authority and say, I thank God. And by saying that, trust me you will see your breakthrough you will you will you will have you will not only have peace in your heart you will not only allow the peace of god to transform your environment but you will be able to see in a different perspective what god is about to do what god is about you know on friday i met my classmate uh, who was, in the, who was in school with me in the boarding, who was in boarding school with me. Uh, she was here uh, on a work trip. I met her after 23 years. I met her after 23 years. I mean, she was bullied a lot by me when I was in school. And she, she, she took it, she made this wow. She said, the day you get your kids, you see I'm gonna come wherever you are, and I'm gonna tell your kids what you were in school. And so she, she was super excited to meet Ilana and Zoe. And she was telling them all these stories. I'm like, listen, listen, I'm not that person anymore. Please, come on. I'm not that person anymore. But I was, you know, it just, it just made me realize how grateful I am to God because she was explaining after 23 years. 23 years is a long time. She was just explaining. I was asking her about some of my closest friends. And she said, oh, You didn't know they passed away. I'm like, what do you mean they passed away? Different reasons. Different reasons. Overdose. Suicide. And I was shocked. Like, these were some of my closest friends. And she was telling me a number of these people who passed away. And I'm like, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God, and receiving God as personal Lord and Savior in my life, and allowing God to direct my path from there on, I don't know where I would have been. I would have probably been a similar case. I would have probably been worse or a similar case. But it just made me realize how much more we need to be thankful and grateful every single day for the gift of life. You know, one of the greatest gifts, I'm coming to my last point very soon, but one of the greatest gifts that we have is salvation. The greatest gift that we have is salvation. If it wasn't for Jesus, you and I wouldn't be here today. The greatest gift that we all have, that we need to be thankful for every single day is the gift of salvation. The Bible says, restore. Some of us forgot. have forgotten the, you know, in this busy thing called life, we've forgotten the day we got saved, what it felt like. I tell people, just go back to that moment and see how excited you were. The Bible says, restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Some of us have to, have to ask, we, we need to ask God, Restore unto us the joy of your salvation. What it felt like. That joy, let me tell you, the joy, God never caused that joy to become less. He went on to say that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. The problem's not with God. The problem is with us. It's with you and me. God's strength, God's joy is there to remain. And it's there to strengthen you every single day. We don't take you, we don't, we don't take you, we, we, we don't allow ourselves to take a hold of what God has given us. You know, be thankful daily. Give thanks daily. We need to discipline ourselves to find something each day that we should be thankful for to God. In Daniel 6, we read that Daniel got down on his knees three times every day and prayed and gave thanks to his God. How many of us do that? I'll be very honest. Okay? I don't. I'm not trying to put point fingers over here. But Daniel got down on his knees three times a day. We often think we're good if we give thanks even once a day. Yes, I did it. Thank you, God. Yes. But I want to challenge you to begin a regular routine from today onwards. Some of you are already doing it, and amazing, Great. But I want to challenge you to begin a regular routine of finding something every day to give thanks for. Finding something every day to give thanks for. If you have to journal it, journal it down. No matter how small your blessing is, you learn to search out the positive in the midst of the negative and give thanks for what you do have. We all know the old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. There's so many things to thank God for. There's so many things to be thankful for. All you need to do is start. As the moment you start, the moment you start, the more you will see that there's so much more to thank God for. The more you see that there's so much more to thank God for, that in itself will give you strength and fill you with the joy of the Lord. You know, I've said this story sometime back, I guess. A story is told of these two friends who met on the street. One of them looked really sad, almost on the verge of tears. His friend asked, what has the world done to you? Why are you so sad? And that person said, three weeks ago, an uncle died and left me with $40,000. So this friend said, that's a lot of money. That's nothing to be sad about. He said, no, but listen, you don't get it. Two weeks ago, a cousin I never knew died and left me with 85000 And this person said, wow, it sounds like you've been blessed. Saying, no, you don't understand. Last week, my great aunt passed away. I inherited almost $250,000. So this friend of his was really confused. He said, then why do you look so sad? He said, this week, nothing. This week, nothing. Is that the way we live before a gracious and a loving God? who gave himself for us. God, you haven't done anything today. Look around. There's much to be thankful for. The fact that you've opened up your eyes is enough reason to thank God for. And so I want to encourage you. Start thanking God. Journal it if you have to. But make it a routine to thank God every single day. You know, this age, you know, this age, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a very critical age to live in, but I had, I had a, little, uh, a little more before the critical. It's called hippo. This age has become very hypocritical. Very hypocritical. We want, we don't want to go to church because it's not the way it used to be, you know. You go to church for Jesus or you go to the church the way the church should be? No, it's not as interesting. Listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. Jesus was always interesting. He never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who became disinterested was you. Don't give me that. One of the best. It tops off everything. One of the best. I did not come to church because the sun was too hot. I said this before, never in my wildest dreams, never in growing and the time when I was getting educated, never did I know at any point that the sun could be less hot. Never. Listen. Keep the word of God central to your life. Okay, keep the word of God central to your life. The word is the foundation, it's the basis, and it's everything your life needs to stem out from. Today, people are misquoting this, misquoting scripture. You know, we are in the world but not of the world. No, people, people are in the world but don't have the word. Somewhere down the line we've lost it. Come back. Revelation says, come back to your first love. If you bring that in order and you put that in first place, everything else will follow. The word of God is central. And I wanna say this, we may be a small church and I'm happy with having a small church of like-minded people, Christ-minded people who are in love with the Word of God, who are in love with the things of the kingdom and we will move forward knowing that we we move not in our strength, but we move in the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit. I'm okay with being a small church. It's not about the numbers. We're in a time where it's, it's you know, it, it, this whole numbers thing is is, You throw it out of the the window. Throw it out of the door. It's not about the numbers. Don't ever tell me that church is not interesting. We have much to be grateful for. People in China would give anything to gather in a congregation like this right now. Even with five people in a room. We have much to be thankful for. It's not that the church is not interesting. Don't ever say that and mock God. Because the church belongs to God. The church belongs to God and He alone builds the church. It's not that the church is not interesting, it's that people have become disinterested sorry, disinterested in the things of God and want all the flash and flare. Please don't get me wrong when I'm saying this. Please don't get me wrong. I'm saying this in love. I want to guard our people, I want to be there for our people. I want to nurture and grow our people and do all that we can do because you're not people, okay? You're not people. You're my family. It's more than that. This is my family. I need to guard and protect my family. And I need to encourage my family, get in the word of God. When you get in the word, when you get into the word, it's not only you getting into the word, it's allowing the word to speak to you. You are able to draw, to drown, drown out all the other nonsense Around you. You're able to, draw, to drown out all the unnecessary voice around you. Let's be people of the word, not the world. You know in China, I have a friend who has a printing press and he tries to get Bibles into China. He said the excitement and, and, and very often it's one Bible for five people. One Bible for 10 people. He said the excitement that they have when they get that one book come into their hands. He said it's, it's speechless. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. We've been given much. Let's use what God has given us to build up the body, to build those around us and to guard our hearts and to live Christ-like lives. Father, I know some of the things might be hard today, but Lord, I know that you love us dearly. You know I love my family dearly, but I just pray, Lord, that we would not sway, not allow the breeze to take us in any direction, but we would move forward looking up to you, the author and finisher of our faith, and we ask that you would guard our hearts every step of the way. God, I pray, Lord, that within each one of us in this family, those who are here today, those who are not here, I ask, Lord, that you would cultivate and you'd give us an attitude of gratitude. And that we would know what it is to be grateful for what we have. We would know what it is to appreciate what we have and be thankful every single day for, for the things around us, for what you're doing. And we ask, Lord, that you would shift our perspective to see things through your eyes. And so, God, I just pray for my family right now. You know where they are at. You know what they need, whether it's healing in families, a solution in family, whether it's a job, whether it's physical healing, whether it's a promotion, whether it's a business deal, whether it's finances that have been stuck, Whether whatever it is, God, you know it. And I know, Lord, that you are more than able to do above and beyond what we ask for. So I just speak that breakthrough and victory over every person represented, every family represented in this church. And we just pray, Lord, that this week would be a phenomenal week for all of us. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Amen.